Have you ever felt like your time management is just missing something? Maybe you're not sure what it is, but whatever you're doing just isn't working. Or maybe this is you. Maybe you're doing all the right things. You're time blocking, you're task batching, you're using timers, maybe even the Pomodoro method to get things done, but you're still feeling all over the place. If that sounds familiar, then definitely stick around and keep listening because this episode of It's About Time is for you. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 196 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, time management coach, speaker, and author of Time Management Essentials. Today's episode of It's About Time is the scene of a battle royale, a fight between two top-tier strategies for getting things done. In one corner, we've got the OG, time management. And in the other, we've got a newcomer to the ring, attention management. Have you ever heard of attention management? Well, in this episode, you'll find out why attention management is a really important piece of the overall big picture time management puzzle. And if you're not focused on your attention, you might be missing out on major time management gains and productivity progress. If you're ready to say goodbye to multitasking misery, keep listening to find out the difference between time management and attention management and why both need to be a part of your everyday life. I'll share why attention management is the modern approach you need to maximize your productivity. You'll hear about the best strategies for prioritizing your to-dos, sharpening your attention, maximizing your energy, and minimizing your distractions. And finally, we'll go over exactly how to beat back those distractions and focus your attention so you can be more productive than ever. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing stuff around the house, I know it might be a little inconvenient for you to drop what you're doing and take notes. Don't worry. I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes. And today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 196. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click that subscribe button so you can be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your rating and your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find it's about time in the search results so they can supercharge their productivity and time management too. Plus, you just might get a shout out in a future episode like this one that's going out to mshare611. mshare611 was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. mshare611 writes, Accessible Advice and Systems for Time Management. I came across this podcast as a recommendation since I listened to Best Laid Plans and also heard Anna speak as a guest on another podcast. I am listening to older episodes and finding very helpful tips. Looking forward to catching up with the rest. Well, mshare611, thank you so much for taking time to write such a thoughtful review. I'm so thrilled that you found It's About Time and that you're finding lots of helpful tips along the way. There are definitely some oldies but goodies all the way back at the beginning in our early episodes, and I hope you're able to take what you're learning, take action, and then take control of your time. When you get a moment, send me a DM over on Instagram. 
My handle is Anna D. Cornick, and I'll link it in the show notes. Let me know that you heard me share your review in episode 196, and I'll send an exclusive Busy is Not a Badge of Honor coffee mug your way to say thank you. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. All right, do I have your attention? Then let's dive right in. As I mentioned in the intro, today's episode is all about attention management. Yes, this is a podcast about time management, but I believe that the ability to manage your attention is crucial to good time management. And here's why. All of the time blocking in the world, and even the most meticulously crafted schedule won't do you any good if you can't stay focused long enough to get anything done. And in this day and age, getting into a place of focus and staying there is tough. Research shows that if you work behind a computer, a laptop, whatever, you're hit with a distraction every 43 seconds. Every 43 seconds! So we're constantly being pulled in different directions, mentally, physically, digitally. It's nuts. So then consider this. Every single time we get distracted, it takes nearly 30 minutes to get into a state of focus. It's actually somewhere between 23 and 27 minutes, but you get the drift. It is seriously a wonder we get anything done when we're constantly having to fight for our focus. And if you work in an office and you feel like you're constantly distracted from getting your work done, you're right. Studies have shown that companies lose about 720 hours of productivity each year per employee. Per employee! So to break that down even further, that's about 60 hours a month per employee, which is about a week's worth of time each month just lost down the drain to distraction. But here's the good news. The good news is that even if you feel like you're constantly distracted, even if you work in a distracting office setting, there's something we can do about it to get focused and get stuff done. And it's called attention management. So what exactly is attention management and how is it different from time management? Well, first, let's talk about time management. Time management, simply put, is the ability to use one's time effectively or productively. Often when we think of time management, we picture calendars, paper planners, we think of our watch or a clock on the wall, and we think of time management tactics like time blocking. And obviously, time management is one of the most important skills we can cultivate, especially when you've got big dreams, big goals, and you want to make an impact or leave a legacy. Whether your legacy is through your work, your community, or even in your home through your children. When we have good time management skills, we're able to map out how we'll spend our time 
and allot our time to our priorities, to what matters most to us. But here's the thing. If you look at time management as simply the ability to decide when you'll do something and how long you'll do it for, you're stuck with a pretty limited and oversimplified understanding of time management. And if all you're doing to manage your time is put stuff in a calendar and maybe time block once in a while, you're not going to get very far on those goals or leaving that legacy. Putting your appointments on a calendar and time blocking, even using a to-do list, doesn't help if you're constantly falling down rabbit holes or chasing shiny things. That limited understanding and implementation of time management just focuses on the quantity of time spent on something, but it doesn't address the quality of time spent on something. I mean, what would you rather? Would you rather spend 45 minutes working on a project and get half of it done? Or would you rather spend 45 minutes on the same project and completely finish it? Right? It's a no-brainer. We want to spend 45 minutes and get it to the finish line. But what does it take to get there? What's the secret to getting more done in less time? The answer? It's focus. Plain and simple, it's focus. And staying focused is much easier said than done, but it's definitely not impossible. If you've been a listener of It's About Time for a while, or if we've worked together one-on-one or in the It's About Time Academy, you've probably heard me talk about my heart method of time management before. What I've found after serving hundreds of people through coaching and speaking is that there's more to good time management than just time. HEART is an acronym that stands for Habits, Energy, Attention, Recharge, and Time. The ability to manage our attention, that A in HEART, is key to effective time management. So it turns out time management and attention management don't have to battle it out for the top spot at all. Instead, they've got to team up to work together. We need them both. Time management focuses on the quantity of time we spend on something. And attention management is about optimizing the quality of our time by making sure that we do two key things. Maximize energy and minimize distractions. So let's look at these two key pieces. Maximizing your energy and minimizing distractions one at a time. First, maximizing energy. Have you ever tried to get work done when you're absolutely exhausted? So I clearly remember working on my book, Time Management Essentials, the chapter on focus to be exact, and I was full on exhausted while working on that first draft. As a mom of two little girls, they were one and three at the time, I was squeezing in writing time in the fringe hours of my days early mornings, late nights, and their nap times, which were getting more and more inconsistent each day. So this one late night when I was working my way through that chapter, I realized that I kept losing my train of thought and I was making tons of typing errors. There I was, exhausted with brain fog, trying to hammer out a chapter on focus. 
Y'all, I couldn't help but laugh as I realized that I was doing the exact opposite of what I was recommending in that exact chapter. To save your most important work, the work that requires your full attention and focus for your highest energy points of the day. So I shut my laptop and I went to bed. Then the next day, after a good night's sleep, I sat back down and was able to easily and coherently finish my chapter on focus. And by the way, if you haven't grabbed your copy of Time Management Essentials, the tools you need to maximize your attention, energy, and productivity, head over to timemanagementessentials.com to grab your copy and more than $500 in bonuses to help you implement exactly what you'll read in the book. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. But back to maximizing your energy. Sure, we can't save all of our work until we're at our best energy-wise. But we can try to be strategic about when we do our most important work, that work that requires true focus, and save it for when we know that we'll be able to focus best when our energy is up. For most people, that's going to be in the morning or mid-morning, and Our worst energy point is typically in the afternoon between two and three. So here are three tips that you can try this week to maximize your energy. First, figure out when your peak energy time is. I talk all about this in episode 117 of It's About Time. When you know what your biological chronotype is, 
you can zero in on your high energy points during the day and your low energy points so you can pair your most important work with your best energy. That means you'll be more alert, you'll work more accurately, and you'll be more focused on your most important work. And I'll be sure to link that episode in the show notes so you can find out if you're a morning lark, a night owl, or you're a third bird like me. Second, create a daily recurring time block for your peak energy time. So this one obviously requires you to actually know when your peak energy hours are. So go back to step one and figure that out. So let's pretend that you already know when your peak energy times are. Way to go you. Let's say that they're, you know, 930 to 1130 every morning. Now you can create a time block on your calendar from 930 to 1130 called peak energy time or focus time or whatever you want to call it. When you have a visual reminder of your peak energy time, you're more likely to use that time strategically for work that requires your focus. And then third, protect your peak energy time as if your life depends on it. If you've done step one and you've figured out when your peak energy time is, and you've done step two and created a time block to remind yourself when your energy is best, Now you've got to protect that time. Turn off notifications or put your phone on do not disturb for that hour. Let your team know you're putting your head down and getting into focus mode. If someone requests a meeting that overlaps with your focus time, offer another option. Maybe you currently have a standing meeting that conflicts with your peak energy hours. So see what you can do to shift it to another time of day. There are so many ways that you can protect that focus time so you can save it for your most important work that really requires that top energy and your best focus. All right. Now, if the first piece of attention management is maximizing your energy, that second piece is minimizing distractions. Even if you protect those peak hours, it's going to be very hard to stay focused on your work if you're constantly checking text messages or Slack or Teams messages, if you're stopping to check and respond to email or have conversations with people who pop into your office or get up to let the dog outside multiple times when you're working from home. So to get into that state of good focus, we want to minimize our distractions as much as possible. Control what we can control. And usually there's more within our control than we realize when it comes to managing distractions. So here are three ways to minimize distractions so that you can focus your attention. First, create an environment for focus. If your desk is covered in a bunch of random piles, you're going to be more prone to distraction and procrastination. Yes, I have also heard the saying, a messy desk is the sign of a creative mind. And I've read that Steve Jobs and Albert Einstein both had messy desks, and I love that for them. Supposedly, a messy desk or messy office space does help people come up with creative ideas. And that's great, but let's be real. Every aspect of our work is not just about brainstorming. Sure, there's a time and place for it, but for many of us, our focus time is about doing something with those ideas, implementing them, writing about them, whatever. 
chances are your messy desk is hindering you more than it's helping. And if you feel like you've tried everything to stay focused except cleaning your workspace, sounds like tidying up is worth a shot. So if this is you, set aside some time this week to clear off your desk and tidy your workspace. Deal with the piles. Go through the stuff. Throw things away. Donate books. Recycle papers. Get rid of things that you just don't need anymore. Every day that you continue to work in a super messy space is another day that you're setting yourself up for distractions. This is something that's in your control. So I encourage you to take control, step up, and make it happen. So put a time block in your calendar this week to declutter your workspace. And second, declutter your digital workspace. If your computer desktop is covered with a million random files and folders, you may not realize it, but every time you look at it, your brain goes into cognitive overload. Visual clutter, even digital clutter on your computer screen or your iPhone screen, that clutter has a negative impact on your short-term working memory. When your brain is constantly taking in visual and spatial information, all the stuff cluttering up your screen, all the tabs open in your browser, your brain is working in overdrive to try and decipher more things than it needs to perform the actual task at hand. Then your brain becomes overworked and loses track of important information that you need for the work that you're doing more quickly, and then your working memory is zapped. This is why you keep losing your train of thought. So here's your action step. After you declutter your physical workspace, take some time to declutter your digital workspaces. Say goodbye to those 37 tabs that you have open. Create bookmarks instead. If you need to go back to them, you'll know where they are. Delete the apps on your phone that you haven't used in forever. Clear out your photo album, especially if you have 15 photos of yourself or your kids or your dog in the exact same pose, in the exact same place, wearing the exact same thing. So there's an app called Flick, F-L-I-C, I'll link it in the show notes, that makes deleting photos super easy. Swipe left, swipe right. And then there's another app called Remo that identifies similar or duplicate photos on your phone to make deleting those unneeded ones super quick. Again, I'll be sure to link both of those in the show notes for you. Consider moving stuff from your computer's desktop screen into folders, or better yet, move those files to cloud-based storage, like your Google Drive or Dropbox, so you don't lose all of them if you spill a coffee on your laptop and zap your hard drive. Yes, this happens. Then, next time you open your iPhone or you wake up your computer, you'll be greeted by a calm space that doesn't take up or exhaust your precious brain space with visual clutter confusion. All right, third tip is also a digital one because so many of our distractions are tech-based and that is to do a notifications audit. Y'all, the average smartphone user gets 46 notifications a day. And honestly, I feel like that number is low because sometimes I think I get about 46 notifications an hour. Recent studies tell us that we're spending more than four 
hours a day on our phones. And we pick up our phones around 144 times a day. So let's do that math. If we're awake an average of 16 hours a day, and we pick up our phones around 144 times a day, that's around nine times an hour on average, which comes out to around every six minutes we pick up our phones. Now remember, it takes almost 30 minutes to get into a state of focus. And picking up your phone is definitely going to interfere with that. If you're getting fewer notifications, you'll have fewer reasons to pick up your phone and blow your focus. Doing a notification audit is simple. Pick a day this coming week, preferably a work day. And every time you get a notification on your phone, instead of just reflexively swiping it away, because I know we all do that, instead ask yourself, did this notification add value to my life? And if the answer is an easy yes, keep it. But if it's a no or you're not sure, cut it. Another method for dealing with notifications is to just go into your settings and turn them all off. No red dots, no pop-up alerts, nothing. And then see what you start to miss. You might be surprised to find out that you don't need a lot of the digital junk that's been interrupting you. Last notification tip here, and this one might be a little bit of a hot take, but I'm in a few group texts and I love them. My friends are hilarious and I especially love group texts to keep in touch with my friends who I don't see often. But it's not unusual for these group texts to devolve into an avalanche of silly messages, memes, and inside jokes. Sorry, not sorry, but I have alerts turned off for all of my group texts. Sometimes I wrap up a meeting and I'll check the text thread and there are 87 messages waiting for me. And that's okay with me. So here's what I do. I imagine that these group texts are almost like a room wherever a conversation is happening. It's always happening. And I imagine that my friends are walking in and out of the room randomly and chatting. And whenever I want to open the door, walk in and be a part of the conversation, I do. And whenever I need to focus on my work, I close the door to the conversation and I get my stuff done. I know the conversation will be there whenever I'm ready to open the door and give my attention to it. So there you have it. Time management and attention management. An oversimplified version of time management is all about time quantity, while attention management is all about the quality of your work. The two have to work together in order for you to truly be effective at managing your time. Attention management can be summed up into maximizing your energy. Three ways you can maximize your energy include identifying your peak energy times, creating a block on your calendar to visually remind you of your peak energy times, and then protect those peak energy times by setting expectations with your team, turning off notifications, and even offering alternate meeting times. Three ways that you can minimize distractions are to create an environment for focus by cleaning up your workspace, digitally decluttering your screens like your computer screen or smartphone screens, and doing a notification audit to decrease the potential for unwanted digital distractions. I encourage you to choose one of those six and to take action on one in the next week.
And most of all, I hope this episode on the difference between time management and attention management has given you something to think about and given you a new perspective of time management. If time management was just about time blocking and calendars, I would have run out of things to talk about on this podcast a long time ago. When you combine attention management with time management, you can be more productive, you can be less stressed, and you can elevate the quality of your work. It's a win-win-win. Just remember that the first thing you try or the first time you test drive a new strategy, it might not work. And that's okay. Be flexible, keep trying, and remember that this is not a one-size-fits-all thing. Time management is a practice, like yoga, not a finish line. All right, that's it for today's episode, but I've got some exciting news for you. If you've gotten even one ounce of value from today's podcast, one of the best things you can do to help me and potential listeners looking to improve their time management and find it's about time is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. And if you leave a review, look for a shout out from me in a future episode. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found over in the show notes, and this week's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 196. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.